We have played probably every small town in, in Georgia at some point or other. We played all the Thomastons and Thomasvilles. Mm -hmm. We played, you know, I think we played every Georgia town except maybe Helen. I don't think we played Helen yet, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's coming. Welcome to the Peach Jam Podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting, where we'll introduce you to a sampling of the truly diverse and incredibly talented musicians who call the Peach State home. Each episode, we'll profile a different artist and share songs and stories recorded live in our GPB studios in Midtown Atlanta. I'm your host, Jeremy Powell, and on this episode, you'll meet one of Atlanta's local legends. My name is Kevin Kenny, and I play a uh, uh, a uh, quasi-political uh, <laughs> self-help uh, of uh, folk music and rock music as well. Uh, I think so. It, it's hard to put a label on Psychophonic it. Psychophonic yeah. folk music. Okay. Is that good? Psychophonic yeah. quasi-political folk music Do, I, I mean, in it A can, minor. It can be anything you want. It's okay. yours. I haven't really tried to describe myself before, but I'm going to go with that. Yeah. What was it? What did I just say? Psychophonic quasi-political self-help self folk singer, humdinger, uh, who loves Black Sabbath. Is that close? Yeah. That okay. sums it up pretty well. Okay. Yeah. And who's with you? This is my wife, Anna Jensen. And I'm a uh, Atlanta-born and bred uh, painter, visual artist, and my work is psychologically complex <laughs> landscapes and emotionally rich narratives. With really cool titles. Yes, the titles are important, and they're you, everything's usually at once funny and sad, like me. Who's the moon? Echo. thousand miles just to hold you words around the highway stay to last and brief another day tomorrow's just a prayer away I wonder long grass sunshine sassafras White linen dressing, all dressed for the blessings. Simple, soft, sweet, and sad to register seven dreams that lead across a day in her bed. I wonder. Kevin is, is Kevin Kinney and Driving and Crying synonymous? Are they always together or is it? Yes. It is. Yeah, Driving and Crying is. Driving and Crying is kind of my folly. Like, I, the folk singing thing I do is a little more serious, I guess, but the, the Driving and Crying thing is just fun for me. I love to do it. It's like you get to be, pretend to be a rock star or whatever, you know. Um, and uh, it's a little more free-flowing, a little more little more cathartic, something to do to, you know, shake off the demons and things like that. And uh, But, yeah, um, I've been... You know, uh, Driving Crying is a, a, a project that I have with uh, Tim Nielsen on bass and Dave Johnson on drums, and Laura Jometz is our guitar player. And uh, 
and it's you know 39 years and counting i think we started practicing in 85 and so it's been you know uh 38 years or something like that well i didn't want to tell you what you're already thinking well i didn't want to tell you what you're already thinking I guess you're right I didn't want to hear it I wonder You gotta go where you gotta go Beep You gotta do what you gotta do Beep This time I gotta stay behind and watch it all unfold in time. If you love it, let it go. Wonder. There's a little bird on the bow of a ship. Let the stars know where you are. It's a big world out there. There's something in the sun that's opened up my heart and circled all around this as if I could fix it. I wonder. I've read that Kevin Kinney and Driving and Crying is a Atlanta institution. What what does that even mean? Uh huh. Well, you know, we um, were lucky enough to be in the er- in the mid '80s, so I guess uh, you know, back before people, the drinking age was still 18. Mm-hmm. We played a lot of fraternities and a lot of things in the in that in the in the circuit of people in the South. It was very easy to play Atlanta, but then you could do. We had a, a circuit between Birmingham, Chattanooga. Um, Charleston, Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Greenville, and then like Northern Florida. So we just circled that over and over and over again. So we've kind of intertwined our our life with people's college lives. And as they grow up and as they grew up, you know, we kind of became part of the fabric of, of of their life as they grew with us from 85 to, you know, to 95 and 2000. And now we're kind of seeing a, a bit of a resurgence between their their kids are kind of coming out. So yeah, when you you mentioned that, I told a friend of mine named Jay that you were coming in to talk to me, and his comment back was, "Oh, I saw Driving and Crying in a Barn in Americus in 2002." And then our lighting guy here, Rick, it talks about seeing you at the Fox in 1992. Yeah. And then some people mentioned seeing you at Music Midtown in 2001. Yeah. One of the guys upstairs t- was so excited you were coming in because he played your music in college. And it you touch multiple generations. Well, we do in this in uh, in the South, uh, south of the Mason Dixon line. You know, when you get north of, north of uh, Virginia, not so much. You know, we're not. We spent a lot of time, you know, uh, we did some of the big U.S. tours over and over and over again. And then in the late 90s, we kind of just focused on playing in, the, in, in Georgia and Alabama and, you know, Mississippi and all the stuff that I just said. If you want to make a difference, you've got to be different. 
that's the deal. I wonder. I wonder. These are the things that I see These are the things that I see If these are the things that I see In your eyes I wonder I wonder I wonder There's a lot of bands that are play Atlanta, like big, bigger bands, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have played probably every small town in, in Georgia at some point or other. We played all the Thomastons and Thomasvilles. Mm-hmm. We played, you know, I think we played every Georgia town except <laughs> maybe Helen. I don't think we played Helen yet, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's coming. You think so? <laughs> but, I don't, you know, uh, you know, we're just a, you know, uh, like I, like I say, self, you know, a lot of the songs are me singing to myself about very American things. Scar But Smarter is our first record. You know, then there's, you know, the Whisper Tames a Lion and things like that. Just kind of things to help help me figure out my life. And so it's very common that people would have that same feeling. So I think I've, it's very identifiable, you know, um, working class kind of issues and things like that raising your kids raising families you know just dealing with your rent and your power bill and things like that so so as much as you connect with with regular people and working class people are you also a musician's musician uh i don't consider myself a musician at all i'm a, i'm a songwriter that hires really great musicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can fake it, you know. I can do, I do what limited. But my 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 approach to guitar was very psychedelic era, very uh, garage band psychedelic era. I can't do fancy guitar playing really. I can wing it a little bit, but you know, you know, uh, if you ask me to play a, uh, a diminished seventh on top of the four instead of the eight. I I would be, I I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, and I've seen real musicians talk like that, like you know, oh no no, it's on the, on the four. You want to like uh, augment that. It's like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know I was playing it aug. I didn't know I was playing it augmented seventh. Or <laughs> I was playing a lazy A. <laughs> so, so. But you do have musicians of of all different sizes from from very famous to working musicians that are fans of you and your writing and your songs and that's why Anna's here is because she can tell us about the project that that she's working on right now and that's what I mean about being a musician's musician is that there are very famous people that cite you as an influence and are fans of you Mm. And I'm taking total advantage of that. Yes. Well, the hobo's pot stopped at five o'clock. Love fear, I'll never find him. 
so dear John, where are you? I know you're out there somewhere Well I've got a hurricane in my pocket But no one will believe me They poured a bucket of tar on top of a flower Somehow I knew they would try it To find it, or defy it, or to ride it Or to buy it, or to style it, or steal it, or to deal it So let's go dancing So let's go dancing Set the firefly to the hurricanes Set the falling rain to the open flame Ow So, uh, leading up to uh, Kevin's 60th birthday, um, I I tagged along with him when he went to record a song to honor Sylvain Sylvain of the New York Dolls, is that correct? Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was such a beautiful outpouring. I mean, it was because he had passed, and uh, I thought, what a shame, you know, that we do these things for people after they've died. And um, I knew that Kevin's birthday was coming up, and then it became COVID times, so um, we couldn't celebrate properly in person, which we had hopes for like maybe having a group concert with some of these friends that are musicians, um, like at the Fox or something, but we couldn't get together in person, and I knew that most people were at home with setups for like Facebook live streams, you know, to try to get through the pandemic, so it was just kind of perfect timing to it wasn't a huge ask to um, invite his friends to all cover one of his songs, and then I put it together into a video to surprise him. And because it's so many people love Kevin and his music, um, it turned into over three hours of really incredible material. And I did have a sense all along that it would be something that should turn into a, a proper compilation album. So. I was encouraged by some of his friends to do that, and I didn't know quite how involved I would be in the process, and it turned out that I would pretty much do it almost all by myself. (laughs) Um, Although I do have a a great team of people that are contributing their efforts, like on the legal side and distribution, and, but I'm a painter, as I mentioned, I'm not a, a record producer by trade or by any experience so far, but I am a music lover and very much love Kevin's um, body of work and I believe in him as an artist and um, I just knew that we have to make this really a spectacular affair and it is turning out to be quite incredible. So it's going to be four uh, vinyl installations, one per season starting on November 24th, which I believe which is around right when this will be airing and then one per season after that with four total and then uh, digitally aggregate about a hundred songs or a hundred even is the plan um, and no repeats except the title of the project is Let's Go Dancing a celebration of Kevin Kinney and so uh, each main release will feature a different style of interpretation of that song I stopped the freight train with a grain of sand Can't you hear it crashing 
split a mountain in two with a flick of snow. But still they won't believe me. His tales are tallest stories, they're old. For some reason I believe him. He said, what do you know about revolution? And all we were taught was patience and waiting and standing in line to make a nice, clear, concise, politically correct spell check statement.com, hashtag Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I miss the old days. People used to sit around and talk. This occurred to me one afternoon when I took my young friends out for lunch and we ordered our food and they sat back in their chairs. Started texting each other. I went next door to Goodwill, bought myself a typewriter. I wrote them all a letter. That's a revolution. Tell me some of the names that are on this project. I think but given the time when this will come out, I can pretty much tell you the first main installment. And uh, it's, hopefully I'll remember all of them, but it's um, Patterson Hood and featuring Peter Buck of R.E.M., um, Alejandro Escobedo, Reckless Eric, um, Elf Power, uh, Parker Gispert of The Wigs, an Athens band, and they were neighbors of Kevin's. Um, and most of these people have, you know, personal connections with Kevin. Some of them I'm just a huge fan of. Um, but let's see. So that then Aaron Ray, um, Pylon Reenactment Society, another Athens band. Mm -hmm. uh, if I don't do it in order, then I'll forget. So uh, Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. So Sadler is on that one, and he played with Driving and Crying for a bit. Um, Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes, he's the founding member, the singer, and uh, after that is Shovels and Rope, and then Great Lake Swimmers, they're a Canadian band, and you know, Kevin being from the Great Lake region, and I actually grew up in the Great Lakes neighborhood of Decatur, and I loved swimming, <laughs> <laughs> so even though I don't know if they knew of him or not, I just was like, I'm gonna invite them, and they did an amazing version of Peacemaker, uh, Shelly Colvin featuring Dylan LeBlanc and Shelly has been very helpful in um, me putting this together um, as well as some other people which I will definitely have a, a hearty thank you portion in the final liner notes. If anybody wants to join my typewriter gang I would love to have you. What we're going to do is get about 10 of us together and go in the random coffee shops weekly and sit there and type like a steno pool. Remember those? So let's go dancing Let's go dancing 
said the firefly to the hurricane Said the falling rains to the open flame How many times How many times Going on by So when you hear names like this and in this level of talent that's honoring you and the music that you've written, how does that feel to the guy who moved from Milwaukee to a trailer park in Kennesaw, Georgia in 1982? Well, you know, I'm a music fan, you know, so I really, uh, a lot of the people that are on there, I, I went, I was... I w like J Jason Isabel, something like that. I was at Jason's, like one of his first shows he did with the truckers. I was a huge fan when he separated from the truckers. I just went to, every time he came to town, I would always go see him. I'd send my dad and my sisters to go see him at small bars in Wisconsin when he was starting and everything. And, and they're just, you know, I've, I've, I'm a huge fan of, of everybody that's on the, on the records. Except for I haven't seen Great Late Swimmers yet, but I will be a fan of theirs, I'm sure, because they do a great, beautiful job. But I mean, I started off in 1978. Uh, I cr I helped co-create co a underground magazine called the it's called the Shepherd Express now, but it was just called Express. Me and my best friend Dave Lurison, who's a writer for the Milwaukee Journal and Express right now. It's a it's a long story, but. Basically, I we became we owned a magazine and started writing so we get free records, <laughs> and and because we love music musicians and I wanted to meet musicians, so you become a writer, and then I became a roadie. I, I fell in love with a band called the Haskells and I became the roadie. So like, well, this is cool. You get to go backstage and meet musicians because I just loved watching musicians, and then I went from from being a roadie to starting a band with the other roadies. And then I thought, well, this is really f all access when you can open, you know, like we opened for X and it's like, oh, we get to see X like up close and we're actually colleagues, you know, so, um, you know, so I, yes, yeah, so I still pinch myself because I, you know, you know, even, even like Peter Buck, who's one of my best friends, you know, when I got worked at the sewage plant, I was living in Kennesaw and I was built in the Roswell sewage plant. That was my first job here for 515 an hour. Um, I had two cassettes. I had the Violent Femmes' first record, and I had REM Reckoning. And I would sit there and had it on my uh, seat of my '64 Belvedere, driving to work. And it's still, you know, weird to me to be, you know, uh, uh, having dinner with Peter Buck. Going, this guy was like, this is the guy from Reckoning. This is the guy from, you know, so. You know, I still, I actually, you know, I'm very grateful, but I'm still a huge music fan. You know, I love going to opening bands that open for us or, you know, I'll go stand right, just like old school punk rock. I'll stand in the front row and I'll watch them. And, you know, I just love, I love, pra I love watching bands practice. You know, I went to Milwaukee not long ago and watched my friend's band practice. I just I love the whole generation of how music cr is created and, and, and the story the stress and all the things that go with the presentation and then all the things that can go wrong, you know, it's just going to be a disaster. You know, the guitar chords don't work or the pedals don't work. And so just face planting, face all. planting, you know, I've done that a couple of times. Uh, you're just tripping over chords and stuff. So I just love the whole thing about it. So, uh, 
you know, I don't know if that answered the question, but I love, I just, um, you know, really, I'm, yeah, I, I can't believe that a lot of these artists have, uh, Anna, you know, I'll be, I'll be in the other room, I'll be like, who are you on the phone with? I'm like, I don't know. And then she won't tell me, and then I'll say, who are you on the phone with? She goes, that's Alejandro. I said, I've known Alejandro for 30 years. I don't have his number. <laughs> How are you talking to Alejandro Escovito? So, uh, yeah, she got, I think you, how did you find most of these people through? through it's a combination of things. Like, through Facebook Messenger I might have something? stolen your phone a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Instagram messaging was helpful. And, uh, and yeah, I'm doing all the album artwork for this. So that's partly why I guess, you know, I'm here to talk about the, that's why I mentioned that I'm an artist because that seems unrelated to this music project. But yeah, I'm doing all the singles artwork and the, um, the album covers and just making paintings based on the Let's Go Dancing lyrics. So there's one is a firefly and a hurricane. And the second painting is uh, the mountain being split into the flake of snow. I just find the imagery in that song to be so powerful and moving and like brings me to tears still like after all these years when I hear him play it. And then there's the, uh, the open flame with the falling rain and uh, the stopped a freight train with a grain of sand. So I magnified, or I looked into what a grain of sand looks like magnified and plopped it in front of a freight train. And, and all around these scenes, there's people dancing and also fighting because the origin of that story was... Well, the, or, the origin of the story is two things. One, one, was, a, one was a guy in a bar and uh, me and Peter Buck were playing Murphy's and the guys from Better Than Ezra were actually the bartenders. And we played the small bar there on our McDougal Blues tour. And we were in the back because we didn't have a dressing room. We were just sitting in the back picnic table. And two guys came out. And one of them was like, come on, man. Let's go dancing. <laughs> so I thought, that's kind of a cool name for a song. Two guys wanting to fight. And then so um, people fighting and dancing all around. the. And then later we were at the Cat's Cradle during Hurricane Hugo. We were on the roof when that was about to hit. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, oh. Her, you know, so I thought hurricanes and so it's a little bit of both. Do you hear yourself when you tell these stories? No. Do, do, do you hear like what the amazingness that you're just saying and, and you're, you're telling it like, cause it just happened to you. But for me as a music fan, like I'm hearing it um, in awe. Oh yeah? Yeah. I guess so. You know, I'm just, you know, I haven't really ever stopped. You know, I've never, I've done a gig every couple of weeks for the last 40 years. I've never gone like two months without doing a gig. I've always, I'm always moving. So I've never had time to reflect yet. So I probably, you know, at 70, I'm going to try to slow down and, and so I'll, I'll reflect and then maybe I'll, I'll think about it, but... Make and make me stars that shine with me Call you all Wind make it blow my mind And show me there's a better kind You say we can't do better than that For that they clap but they soon forget Men make it make me men Take their time to live again Dawn, make a show me dawn that wise with me to show my wrong. 
And cloud makeup any clouds that spell out problems chewing loud. They had me believing that all white men shake my hand, make a stand. Have you heard these challenging words? Peacemaker, make me peace, and I will be the man you seek. Peacemaker, make me peace, and I will be the man you seek. Peacemaker, make me peace, and I will be the man you seek. Peacemaker, make me peace, I will be the man you seek. Ruling wonder. Falling rivers Friend maker make me friends And stand with me until the end In day maker make my day To last as long as I can take Have you heard the wolfing creeping around my door while I was sleeping? Well, I figured they would be so honest to swap my blisters for your promise. Peace make and make me peace, and I will be the man you seek. Peace make and make me peace, and I will be the man you seek. Peace make and make me peace, I will be the man you seek. Peace make and make me peace, I will be the man you seek. Ruling wonders, falling rivers. I was born in 1961, and all I knew was war. What was it that we traded for, Kennedys and King? Aggression, depression, recessions, frustration for the truth we knew to be. Did you really think you fooled me? Storm the hat to crown you king. Through stormy weather, we come together, and it's peace that we shall seek. Wonders Falling Rivers I mentioned that most everybody I've talked to has a Drive It and Crying story or a Kevin Kinney story. Uh-oh. And... Rick, our lighting guy, is is wearing a t-shirt from October of 1992 when you played at the Fox. You played multiple days in a row at the Fox. Yes. And it was during the Braves World Series. Well, here's, it was, okay, not only was it the World Series, well, was it the, was it the World Series or playoffs? Was it, it was the World Series, yeah. yeah. Well, here's, here's what happens. That happened to be the worst the first season, I think, wasn't it? Was that the worst the first season? It's a, it was 92, so I think it's the second one. It's the Toronto World Series. I can't remember. If, but anyway, when I booked those shows, 
you know, shows are booked seven, eight months in advance. Mm -hmm. I said, well, we got this record coming out. What I'd like to do is I'd like to do, we have, it'll, it's our fifth record. So I think it was the Smoke record, was the release for the Smoke record. So we had Scarborough Smarter, Whisper Tames a Lion, Mystery Road, Fly Me Courageous, and Smoke. And then, and then we, did a, we did a bonus thing later uh, where we did McDougal Blues. We did all acoustic shows with Peter Buck and the Smashing Pumpkins opened. And it was like, I'd never heard of them. And Peter's like, there's a guy, these guys in, in the studio up the street. Maybe they'll come play. <laughs> it was amazing. But yeah, so I did, uh, so when I booked it, it was October, you know, Braves aren't, you know, they weren't even a thing. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they became, <laughs> so when we're doing these shows, it happened that a couple of these shows fell on the night of like the big game. So what happened was my bass player, Tim, had a TV off onto the side and he's like watching it. And then he's like whispering in my ear, like, you know, who just did something amazing, you know, like Gavin just struck him out, whatever. Like, okay, cool. Okay, this song is, you know, and then it's like, hey man, and so I'm like halfway through the song and Tim's like, no. So I, finally I was like, okay. So I brought the TV out on stage and we just <laughs> sat there. So everybody got a beer. I put the microphone up to the TV because it was just like a, one of those, like a TV you have in a bad hotel, yeah. motel yeah. on a cart, yeah. you know? We just wheeled it out in the middle of the stage, and the whole audience, we just watched the Braves game. And then we started the concert when we were done. It's like, <laughs> this is a, so that was, a, that became kind of a, a historical, you know. I think Rick Diamond's got some photos of it. Or something. <laughs> but yeah, it looks cool. The photos look cool of the band sitting around watching the game on stage. Thanks for listening to the Peach Jam podcast. Find Kevin Kinney's complete musical performances on the GPB YouTube page. On the next episode, you'll meet an Irish band from Georgia. Are you a novelty band? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't call us that, but yeah, we are novel for Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Novelty. Band. Do people treat you like an all novelty yes. band? All Sometimes. Time. Yeah. Especially St. Patty's Week. The Muckers are on the next episode of the Peach Jam Podcast. The Peach Jam Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jeremy Powell. Sandy Malcolm is our executive producer. Sound engineering and recording was provided by Sounds Good. Follow us on Instagram at Peach Jam Podcast and look for Peach Jam on TV wherever you watch Georgia Public Broadcasting. In the meantime, please find and support live local music and independent record stores in your area. <laughs>